0: What a wonderful song, amen. You know why it's well with your soul? Because somebody shared the gospel with you. Because you received the gospel. If you look in Matthew chapter 9, you see the pressing need of the hour is involvement in God's work. Involvement. Jesus himself said, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He's saying, there's enough work for everybody. Enough work we could say, uh, uh, two chickens in every pot. Amen? There's plenty of work out there. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. It seems that, that even back then in Jesus' day and now, that people are more content to sit at God's table than to labor in his vineyard. You know, God's field seemingly is always at a shortage for laborers. And being a pastor, uh, I I know this is true, Brother Korea, you're a missionary. It seems that preachers and men of God are always appealing for servants, for people, for silver, for money, uh, for uh, folks that, that would give of themselves to the work of God. And again, I said it this morning, and I'll say it again, we are very blessed here. We're very blessed with people who desire to serve the Lord in some capacity, with people who faithfully give. We're blessed. But I'm going to tell you something. It is not like that everywhere. Sometimes a pastor is like an amateur dentist trying to pull an impacted wisdom tooth to get anybody to do anything. Why is it in this day that more people aren't Giving the tithe and supporting their local church and giving to missions and passing out tracts and, and sharing Christ and, and going to the mission field. Why is that? I'm going to tell you something. There's an impairment to involvement, and it's a vision problem. It's a vision problem. Over and over in the text we read tonight, we read, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. How many of you know that's true when you see one of those missionary presentations? Mine eye affecteth mine heart. You look and you see those people. And I saw the founder there, Brother Bob, and and I saw him passing out, and you could see the joy on his face. Why? Because his heart was totally involved in the work of God. And when your heart's totally involved in the work of God, your body will follow. Amen? Say, I want to give my heart to the Lord. You've got to give your body first. I said it this morning, Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. 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 A living sacrifice. And then God gives us that willing heart. It's a vision problem. Let's go, I want to look at a couple scriptures in regards to this Vision What kind of vision we're supposed to have? Go to Second Corinthians 4:18. And then I want to look at some scriptures that we see that some, some areas where we might have some cloudy vision. And then quickly, just a, a simple message tonight. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. I'm always privileged to kick off the missions conference. I actually look forward to Brother Rader coming, and he's a tremendous pastor uh, there in Kinross. And, and uh, when he told me, he said, I don't know why you're asking me. I'm not a mission speaker. I said, that's why I'm asking you, amen. Because I know pastors that love missions and love missionaries, amen, and uh, share their hearts. But I want to just share some scriptures with you tonight in this uh, opening day message. Uh, if you look at 2 Corinthians 4.18, We could say this proper vision, the the vision that we ought to have here is in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, while we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. goes back to that message we preached on paradoxes, amen. How can you look at things that you can't see? That's what it says. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. You know what we see tonight? I see bodies. (laughs) And by the way, we know they're in here because they're making the heat rise, amen? Which is great, by the way. We'll get the AC turned on tomorrow at 8 a.m. at 65 degrees, glory to God, if we get enough bodies to heat it up to 70, amen? But I don't see souls. I can't see the soul. I can't see your spirit. But that's what's eternal, isn't it? So we look, we, the, God wants us, in, in this text tells us, God wants us to have vision, to have spiritual vision, not for the temporal, but for the eternal. Did you see that as you're, you're watching that video? You know, if you've been saved a few years, and, and you have uh, trained yourself to scripturally look at people, you do see souls and not bodies. Hmm? Go go to another verse. We go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Right turn there at 2 Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Set your affection. You say, well, what do you mean? What's that talking about vision, Pastor? Well, Lamentations 3.51 says, Mine eye, what's the next word? Affecteth. Mine heart affecteth affection what I set my heart unto is governed by my eye. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. So he says here, listen, if you're saved, if you're risen with Christ, which we are tonight and all God's people said, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Eternal things, not on temporal things. Now let's look at some we would call scriptures that may cloud our vision, that, that may contribute to a vision problem. Go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. I know this is in the tribulation chapter. I know that. That's the interpretation. Well, there's an application here for us for sure. Matthew chapter 24. Verse number 12. Matthew 24, 12. It says there, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What does that mean? When 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 sin abounds in our lives, when when we don't keep short accounts with God, when we let sin pile up. We don't care. We don't care if souls go to hell. Our love is not where it should be. It's a vision problem. We start to seeing, well, I need this, and me, and my, and my. That's a vision problem. It's a vision problem. Let's go to another one. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Here we have the parable of the sower By the way, it's the key to all parables. If you know verse 13, it says, How can you know? If you don't know this parable, you can't know all the parables and he says in verse number 19 talking about that that thorny soil you have the the four different soils where the seed is received first you have the wayside soil and then you have the stony soil and then you have the thorny soil what's the thorny soil verse 19 and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful we start getting our eyes upon the cares of this world and the things of this world. Brother Cree, I wonder how many missionaries have not gone to the field because they got enamored with the world. I've known people that were, Brother Reigns, this close to getting into the ministry. Almost if we could say they had their foot up and were ready to part the Jordan. And the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world. And as we talked about this morning, fear overcame faith i've seen it i've seen it you say what is that it's a vision problem it's a vision problem it needs to be corrected you know we can all get our eyes on the world if we're not careful we live in the world we we say this listen we we all need to survive we all need to work we all need to have money amen that is part of life but it can become all of life and not just the part that God wants it to be. So what do we see here, this cloudy vision? Let me give you one more. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, and then I'll I'll get into the message. I have five points tonight. 1 John chapter 2, and I know you know these verses. Some of you know right where I'm going with this. Very similar to what we just read there. 1 John chapter 2, right to the back of your Bible there is verses 15 and 16. And it says there, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Anybody ever gulp when you read that verse? Hmm? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, when we love the world, it's because we have a vision problem. We have a. Vi- it's not talking about loving the souls of the world. It's talking about loving the things of the world. Just gimme, 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 gimme. Keeping up with the Joneses. Although, Brother Travis, I don't know if you have much to keep up with. Amen. Just... Listen, you know what what I'm saying? It's just about piling up things and check marks on your, I did this and I did that and I did this and I traveled here and I did that. And again, I'm not against vacations and I'm not against traveling or any of that. But in its proper place, the problem, the reason, the, the impairment to involvement is a vision problem. Vision problem. So what do we need? Listen, we need clear vision. We need clear vision. And I'm telling you what, I think when we have a clear vision of these five things, it will stir us to involvement, to absolutely get involved. There's no reason, listen, there's no reason why every Christian shouldn't be involved in some way in reaching people for Jesus Christ. Amen, Pastor. Boy, that's good preaching right there. I wish we heard more preaching like that, Pastor. Amen. Prayer. Prayer. Is that a way you could be involved? That's right. Amen. 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 Gospel tracks? Yes. That's a way you could be involved. Financially giving to your local church? Amen. Financially giving to missions through your local church? Amen. That is all ways to be involved. Bus ministry? Teaching Sunday school? Helping out in truth trackers? Amen. Listen. The key to involvement is proper vision. Proper vision. So let's get a proper vision of five things. And I think it'll help us in our not only our involvement, but in our level of involvement. Did you know this? People who pray can also pass out tracks. And people who pass out tracks can give to missions. It's not just a singular ministry. It's all oh, I, I pray. I pray. Well God bless I appreciate people who pray and you can put a track in your bills. Amen? And you can give to missions, and you can give to your church, and you can come out for soul winning on Saturday. Amen? But Pastor Donald said, not this Saturday. Amen? It's a day off. Amen? And you know, you know my heart on that. I just want you to have a day after a long week. Five things. Let's go to John 3.16. John 3.16. I know you know this verse. Every one of you can probably quote it tonight. I know the kids can quote it. But I want us to look at it. I have a whole book in my office By a fellow named Jason Low Baxter called God So Loved. And it is all about John 3.16, the whole book. An incredible book. Absolutely incredible. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you would agree tonight this is the heart of the Bible? Have you ever... Any of you remember that gospel track? It wasn't even a track, really. It was called The Gospel in a Nutshell. Anybody remember that? Those were the days. It came... It looked like a little peanut shell with a little fortune cookie sticking out of it, and you pulled it out, and it said John 3.16 is the gospel in a nutshell. That means if you took the whole Bible and God's love from Genesis to Revelation, you could really move it into John 3.16. What's it all about? The fact is that God so loved the world. You know what we need, a, we need a good, fresh look at, a vision of? Number one tonight, the Scriptures. The Scriptures, the Bible. And that is this. We see some things about God and as we look at the Scriptures, in particular in this verse. We see God's perception. Have you ever heard somebody, and maybe you heard a preacher, and that preacher preached that God hated the world, and God was angry at the entire world, and God did not love the world? Now, we know this. God hates sin. Amen. And there will be a time when sinners have crossed that line and God says, judgment must fall. But I'm here to tell you this. According to this verse, God's perception is that He so loved the world. Not just loved, so loved the world. We sung the song. It's just like His great love. So when we, we, get, when we get a fresh vision of the Scriptures, we get God's perception that He loves the world. And I'll tell you what, it affects us. And we start to love in the world. I don't know about you, but lots of folks in the world aren't very easy to love. Can I say this? I'm going to take my glasses off. Some of you aren't all that easy to love either. I took my glasses off, so you can't even see. who. I don't even know who I'm looking at now. By the way, it's a fine-looking crowd right now. Glory to God. Well, amen. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad 23 years ago somebody had God's perception. Somebody had a fresh, good, good view of the scriptures. And his name was Bob Barnes, and he witnessed to me. And he gave me a couple gospel tracks. Because it's not hard to perceive from the scriptures that God loves people, as Brother Vic said. God. So we see the perception there from the scriptures. We see God's provision. Yeah, who's who is God's provision for here the Lord Jesus Christ who is it for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who whosoever his provision is for anyone and everyone the scriptures show us god's perception god's provision they show us god's plan whosoever believeth in him i'm so glad god's plan is faith and not works because if it was works i'd be in trouble brother jeff even after i got saved i feel like i've done a few things for the lord but it wouldn't work it wouldn't be enough it'd never be enough amen I think of that verse, and I think it's Romans eleven five, where it says, if it be of grace, then there's no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, it is there's no more grace. Otherwise, works is no more works. And what it means is it can't be a mixture of works and grace. It's either all grace or all works. And I'm so glad that it is because of his plan that faith in him guarantees us a place in heaven. Where do you get that, Pastor? I'll tell you where you get it. A good vision of the Scriptures. A good vision of the Scriptures. And then we see his promise, not only his perception, provision, plan, but his promise. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But, Pastor, I don't feel safe. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But, Pastor, you don't know what I've seen. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Stop depending on your feelings that vacillate with the wind and the weather and depend on the promises of God. Say, do you have feelings, Pastor? Absolutely. They do the same thing to me that yours do to you. Try to take me away from the promises of that book. But I keep coming back to what God said. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Take that, devil. Amen? Hey, that's a sword to the devil. I mean, that's literally uh, taking that sword to the devil and saying, I said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what he does when you use the word of God like that? He flees. He flees because you draw nigh unto God. So we need a, a, a fresh look at the scriptures. How about Luke chapter 19, verse 10? Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The impairment to involvement is a vision problem. We need a fresh vision of the Scriptures. We need a fresh vision, ladies and gentlemen, and I know we've just come off of what we would call passion season, resurrection Sunday, uh, crucifixion Wednesday, but we need a fresh look at the Savior. We need a fresh look at the Savior, not only the Scriptures, but the Savior. Luke chapter 19, look at verse number 10, church. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, if we'll get a fresh look at the Savior, we'll get a look at some things. I think one of the first things we'll get a look at is his condescension. We always think of condescension as a negative when somebody speaks to you condescending. Have you ever had that happen? I had a boss. Oh, God bless him. I obeyed him because the Bible said I was supposed to, but I'm going to tell you, it was so condescending. Just, he talked to you and you felt like you were that big, Brother Jim. That's not what it means about the Lord Jesus. To condescend, I've said it so many times, it means to stoop down. When I took my little girl out of the, uh, our car when we got here today, how many of you know me, the way I like to walk? okay. I don't walk like this. Now, one day I will, glory to God. Probably like this. Be doing the Bob Evans shuffle, amen? Hallelujah, right there. But I walk like this. I mean, I walk fast. My little girl got out. She had just woken up from a nap. And she, she wanted to hold my hand. And this is how we walked, Brother Jim. Just like this, right? Right? Why? Because that's as fast as she can walk. Unless I pick her up and we really start walking. Amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You know, when you get a fresh look at the Savior, you realize that he condescended to us. He didn't have to be born of a virgin. He was willing. And he condescended toward us. He didn't have to mingle with sinners and publicans, but he did. Did. You get a fresh look at the Savior, get a look at his, cond- or his condescension. I think something else that we get a fresh look at the Savior is we get a look at His commitment. It says of Him, Brother Korea, when He was in the garden in Matthew 26, 30, and He prayed and was in agony, and He sweat great drops of blood, and it said He went a little further. He yep, didn't come down off the cross. To God be the glory. They dared him to. Didn't they? Thou be the son of God. Come down off the cross and we'll believe you then. (laughs) But he was committed. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking. 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 Vision. Vision looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus went all the way, totally committed. Savior's condescension, his commitment, his crucifixion. Get a fresh look at his crucifixion, what he went through for you and for me. And they were come to the place called Calvary. They crucified him. There, they crucified him. And you know what? I think when we get a fresh look at the Savior, we get a fresh look for the time it is coming. He's coming back. He's coming back. Just like he came the first time, he's going to come again. Amen. You know, that'll affect your life. The Bible says in, I believe it's 1 John 3, 3, that every man that hath this hope within him, what's the hope? That Jesus is going to return for us, purifieth himself even as he is pure. So we need a a, a fresh vision, a, a clear vision of the scriptures. We need a clear vision of the Savior. You know what else we need? We need a clear vision of sinners. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I like the text we read at the beginning tonight in Ephesians chapter 2. And it it talks about how we were dead in trespasses and sins, and God, for his great love, he he saved us by his grace. But it said we were part of that crowd that was the children of disobedience. We were part of that crowd. We were those sinners that needed to be saved. Romans 5, 6, if you would. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 And it says there, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. That's true. Amen. There's people in your life that you would probably die for. But it wouldn't be the ungodly wouldn't be somebody that just robbed your house wouldn't be someone that just hurt your family you wouldn't die for them you'd say die yourself but god commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us so what what's the fresh vision of sinners let me give you just 3 things a fresh vision of their condition They're lost now. Now. They're condemned now. Currently. The Bible says in uh, John 3.18, it says, He that believeth is not condemned. How many of you are believers tonight? Raise your hands. The Bible says you're not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Not someday. Now. So, Getting a fresh vision of sinner's condition, that'll help us get involved. Amen? That'll help us get involved. Uh, We had a professor in Bible college, and he would say this over and over and over and over and over. He'd say, you've got to train yourself to be soul conscious. Be soul conscious, he said. Every person you pass by is going to heaven or hell. That's what he would say. He'd say, the next time you go to the mall, he'd say, I'm about to ruin your trip to the mall. Which would be great, guys, if we ruined our trip to the mall. Hallelujah. But he said this you pass by people who say, heaven or hell? 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 You think you carry gospel tracts if you really get a vision of people going to heaven or hell? Heaven or hell? And by the way, they're going there whether you have a vision of that or not. But God wants us to have a fresh vision of the Scriptures, have a fresh vision of the Savior, have a fresh vision of sinners—not only their condition, but their condemnation. Ladies and gentlemen, their destination is the Lake of Fire. Not for a week. Not for a month. Not for a year. Not for a decade. Not for a hundred years. Not for a thousand years. For all eternity. Right. Right. Why to be involved? Ought to be involved. We get a fresh vision of sinners and their condition and their condemnation and their cause. Say, what's their cause? How shall they hear? without a preacher? Hmm. How shall they hear without a preacher? it's not talking about just pastors it's talking about those who have the word of god so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god some of the greatest people in the area of souls that i've ever known brother Cree, have not been preachers regular christians who got a fresh vision of sinners and said you know i'm going to try to reach somebody i'm going to try to reach that co-worker at work i'm going to try to reach that neighbor I'm gonna to try to reach that family member. I know they've shot me down and shot me down and shot me down and shot me down, but you get a fresh vision of sinners hanging over hell. I'm gonna tell you, you'll get involved. You'll get involved. Fresh vision of the scriptures, fresh vision of a savior, fresh vision of sinners, fresh vision of saints. Saints. You know what? I think of that verse in 1 Corinthians 6:11. And it talks about, in verse 9 and 10, and we know a couple of years ago, I think it was Phil Robertson uh, from Duck Dynasty that got in a lot of trouble, because all he did was quote First Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. That's all he did. He said, what do you believe about this group of people going to heaven? He said, well, here's what the Bible says. But thank God for the next verse, because it says this, and such were some of you. But ye are washed... You are sanctified. Amen. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I think it would do us all well as saints to remember what we were before the Lord saved us. That will crush Phariseeism right there. Remembering what we were. the Saints. But let me give you the last one. A fresh vision of the scriptures, the Savior, the sinners, the saints... 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Brother Rains signed my son's little blue passport t- today. And he said, Dad, what, what's, what's the abbreviation for 2nd C O N? I said, C O N? 2nd C O N? I said, Well, I guess it could be Conicles. Amen. 2nd Conicles. I said, I think it's Corinthians, buddy. He said, no, no, it's an N. So, Brother Rains apparently got to work on your penmanship while you're uh, signing those things, amen? I said, I think it's 2 Corinthians. And he read me. He said, said, well, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.15. And it's amazing because we read that during the Sunday school hour. And it talks about there, it says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that died and rose again. That's a great verse. Can I give you the last... we need a fresh vision of tonight? The scriptures? Yes, sir. The Savior? Absolutely. Sinners? Absolutely. Saints? Remembering who we are. But the seat. 2 Corinthians 5.10. The seat. What's it say there in 2 Corinthians 5.10? It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, there's going to be a wonderful time of reunion in heaven. I was thinking about that today. Uh, I remember, church was. by the way, this church has been so kind to me. And I mean that with all my heart. If all you ever did was pay my salary and were mean to me, you'd still be kind to me. But I have through the years had to make A few trips of bereavement. And seven years ago today, I lost a precious friend. Brother Steve Teske. I don't know that many of you in this room know Brother Steve Teske. I went to Midwestern Baptist College with him. We were married students at the time. We were uh, just about the same age, and he had a young family, and he was the first one to to, uh, welcome me at Midwestern. We went to their uh, uh, Labor Day picnic, and we didn't know anybody, and we didn't know where to go and what to do. And Brother Steve said, hey, Come on over here, and he began to talk me an in instant friendship. I mean, we serve the Lord in every capacity in Bible college, and he went out to Rockville, Connecticut, and took a church and, and tried to revive, and we would go down there and preach for him. And then he went to Annapolis, Maryland, and seven years ago today, he just got to too far, and he just took his own life. It was so sad. There's a reunion, by the way. There's a reunion. Say, "Oh, how do you know he was saved? Because for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord yeah, shall be saved." Right, right. Well what about the way he ended? What about the way Solomon ended? On, right. yep. Had a thousand mother-in-laws. <laughs> I can't think, you think of anything worse than that. OK <laughs> <Yeah>. Good gracious. <laughs> yeah. hey, just because somebody ends bad doesn't mean right. they never started. That's right. There's a reunion. But you know what else there is when we get to heaven? There's a reckoning. And it's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's a reckoning for what we did and what we didn't do and why we did what we did or didn't do what we didn't do. Has a lot, judgment seat of Christ has a lot more to do with motive than it does amount. I love that video, Brother Korea. I loved that God moved in that preacher's heart. And I'm going to tell you something. At the judgment seat of Christ, that man's going to be glad he allowed God to move in his heart. He's he's going to be glad that though the world was clamoring for his vision, that he got a vision of the scriptures and of the Savior and of sinners and of saints, And of the seat he got a vision of that and said you know what i'm going to set my affection on things above this week ladies and gentlemen and i'm done it is my hope and i'm going to ask for a time at the altar tonight we don't always do that but it is my hope that this week will help you whether you're six or 86 to set your vision on things above to set your affection on things above Father, Lord, give us vision. You said where there is no vision, the people perish. Lord, if we don't have a vision for the world, people around the world will perish. I pray that you'd bless this time now. As we have a time around the altar, God, give our church vision. Pastor Mark's going to